Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm very excited about my next guest. Before I get to that, I want to remind you that we've interviewed over 600 advisors, authors, and thought leaders on a wide variety of topics, and you'll find all of their archived interviews at the Exit Coach excuse me, exitcoachradio.com on the audio library. Over 35 topics uh, have been chosen, and all the interviews are archived there. So join us there, won't you? And my next guest is Bill Spetrino, and he is from the Dividend Machine. He's the editor of that periodical. And it's won awards. This is this is something you're going to want to grab a pencil, grab a notepad, take some notes. Um, he consults with a worldwide base of clients on investing and tax planning. And he started writing the dividend machine because he wanted to share what he'd learned about investing with as many people as possible. And really wanted to get people to a point where they had financial freedom by having income. Even if you have uh, a five-figure income, you can make a, a ton of money by starting to invest now and invest properly and follow his advice and uh, build up your dividends. So I'm very pleased to introduce Bill Spatrino. Uh, easy for me to say. Bill Spatrino. Let me try that again. I'm very pleased to introduce Bill Spatrino to the show. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. I'm having problems today, but uh, I'm looking forward to our interview. How are you today? Thank you very much, Bill. Everything's wonderful. I'm reading over the, the information about your um, newsletter that you've put together and the the methodologies that, that you follow, and I'm just fascinated by all of it. A lot of our listeners, Bill, are age 50-plus business owners, and they're wondering, how am I going to take a lump sum from selling my business and turn it into a predictable income stream? So tell us how you got uh, started and uh, your, a little bit about your background and, and why you started the Dividend Machine and what it's all about. Uh, I started the Dividend Machine uh, newsletter in 2009. I watched people... There, you know, everybody got scared, and Mr. Chris Roddy from Newsmax called me and he said to me, he said, Bill, you know, would you like to start a newsletter? I said, not really, I'm retired. And he said, well, what happens if your grandma needs help managing her money? I said, well, my grandma has me. And he said to me, what about, he said the magic word, he says, what about someone else's grandmother? And I said, okay, you spoke my language. I want to help, you know, I like to help people out. So, we started the newsletter, and you know, I've had 23 conservative selections and all. He said, well, how many are you going to be right on, and, you know, 50 60%? I said, no, I'm going to be right on all of them. So I don't believe that. And I said, well, I don't care what you believe. And, you know, here we are, and I've been – every stock that we've had, I've had 23 conservative stocks that have had more than a year and a half, and all of them are profitable. And, uh, you know, some of them, like I said, 40 or 50% of them are up more than 70 or 80%. And, uh, you know, we've had them as high as two and three hundred percent. But that's, you know, that's what I do. They're conservative stocks. That I, pick. You know, I don't pick startups. They're not a risky. You know, you, you, you can't start out with somebody and in, that's in, trying to invest. And, in, you know, you, you don't want to scare them by doing something risky. But I buy the right stocks at the right prices. 
And your newsletter is uh, apparently ranked number two presently in the world in the low-risk division of worldwide newsletters. So congratulations that, on that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I go through Halbert Financial. is like Mark Halbert's the main guy that, that ranks the people. You know, his company's owned by Dow Jones. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that I, it, like I said, growth, safety, and income is my key. You know, when I wrote my book, the great American dividend machine. And I want people to understand that, you know, they can make, you know, they can retire and they can build something for the families if they, you know, that's in a still with us there. Interested in what they're doing. Yeah. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. We're, yeah, it's breaking up. It's breaking up just a little bit. I think we'll, we'll be okay. Um, so, so growth, safety, and income, um, and yes, your growth and income, safety, growth, and income. And so, what you're saying is that basically, people can have uh, a huge amount of in, of dividend income, maybe a hundred thousand dollars in dividend income, if they take their time, get started. Even if they're making five figures now, over time, they can build up their income and their uh, and doing that primarily it sounds like with dividend paying stocks is that your primary well uh, yeah see what you just said is the magic word before i became a millionaire i only made a hundred thousand and i made like a hundred and four thousand that's in combined income once okay but what i did is i took 10 and 20 percent of my pay and started putting it aside my first in 1993 i started with i sold my bmw i bought a beater car for twelve hundred dollars i took the nine thousand dollars I put it in the stock market. My first dividend check was $44. My dad said, what are you going to do, buy a Happy Meal with this? And then <laughs> I started get, getting to $100, and $200, then $400. And I just, I was focused. I wanted to retire. I didn't want to work a job, you know, for my whole life. And then I just, mm -hmm. you know, and then I started thinking to myself, okay, where can I find more money? You know, I went, I used to go out to lunch and spend 7 $8 on lunch. And I said, okay, I'm going to cut out pop. And then, you know, I take that extra money and save it. Then finally I said, you know what, I'm going to just order free samples. And, you know, and I take the extra money and put it in there. And see, you just keep, it was a focus. I never cared what my portfolio was worth. I cared about my dividends. And, you know, when the market fell in 2007 and eight, you know, I got to buy stocks that, you know, had great dividend yields and, and, you know, I thought it was going to take me a lot longer to reach six figures of dividend income than it did because, see, I didn't understand the, the full effect of the compounding, and it's, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, what you're saying is, is critical to a, a lot of people that need to listen to this, and that is that you created a purpose-driven portfolio, not chasing after the, the latest yields scenario in, in the, the growth marketplace, but with, you had a purpose in mind, and you stuck to that purpose, and you let time do the rest, it sounds like to me. Absolutely. And see, safety, growth, and income, like I'll, I don't pick just the highest dividend, and I don't pick just the best stock, but I'll find a good stock at a good price, and I have a system that I've used to do it, that I've devised, and it's just it's based on the total earnings. Like sometimes, like I picked a stock called eBay. I didn't pick it because it doesn't pay a dividend, Okay. But the dividend, the reason I took it is I like the fact that eBay is going to be spin off PayPal next week. And when I recommended it, the stock was in the 50s, and now it's in the 60s. But I think PayPal is going to be a huge success. And the spin off actually happens next week. And I think, you know, eBay's up again today. 
I think people are starting to realize that PayPal, I feel that, you know, Elon Musk started PayPal and he thinks PayPal is a hundred billion dollar company. Now, if he's right, then just the PayPal part of eBay is going to be more than the stock selling for right now. So you're basically getting eBay for less, nothing. And I think that eBay itself has StubHub, which I think is a very valuable asset. You know, so I am very, you know, that's how I, my mind thinks that, you know, a certain way. I just look for value. And when I see it, I buy it. You're you're looking at it more like a chess game than a checkers game. It sounds like to me looking for the strategy. Where, what are the, what's three moves out instead of what do I, what do I make a killing on right now? Correct. See, I'll sit and wait for something. I don't, my, my average whole, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to sell anything. The only reason we sell things in the dividend news there is like I sold, you know, someone said to me, why did you sell Microsoft? It went up 60%. I said, well, I took the money and I averaged into Apple at 405. And now with the split before the split, the, you know, now that's, you know, that's a double, you know, in, in less than two years, about two years. So that's what we, you know, I look for what the best deal is. And that's where I, you know, if I sell a stock, it's generally to put it into a better stock or something. I think that I just, you know, I'll switch from one stock to another that way. Do you have a specific rule for yourself that when you get to a certain uh, holding level of a stock or a percentage of your portfolio that it's time to diversify? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because people, I talked about that in my last issue. See, like Apple is 57% of my portfolio. When I started, it wasn't. It just grew. I bought options and it just grew exponentially. And finally, I just said to myself, you know, and people say, keep telling me when Apple was 75 or 80, you got to take some off. When it was 90, when it was 100, I, I don't, if, you know, if Apple was 100% of my portfolio, I'd sleep well. Okay, because I love the company. I love the cash. I, you know, they spend 20. Here's a statistic for your listeners. They spend $20 billion a year on research and development. That's more than most companies are worth. You know, if you take their top, you know, they do over $200 billion in sales. But 95% of their products weren't even invented 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's fascinating. And I mean, that's, that's a huge... Uh, Twenty billion dollars on research and development to find out what's next. That's that's fantastic. What an amazing yeah, and see, number and that's that is. That's the thing that they spent money every year so that like you know there's new things in the hopper all the time. That's the that's the amazing part of the whole thing. You know, it's it's just it's something that you can't. You know, and when you get a chance to buy something like that, so now a lot. You know, like you said, a lot of these companies like eBay buys up. They're buying up competitors or they're buying up uh, other opportunities um what would you rather see a company that's buying up or a company that's doing r&d like apple well you know it's funny apple makes a lot of acquisitions the difference is they spend very little money i don't like companies trying to pay a lot of money to grow like if they like apple bought something you know software with the fingerprint companies and they you know apple's wise they know how to buy things at a wise price and they're, you know, they're prudent with it. Just because they have a lot of money doesn't mean they just run around and start throwing it around. But like when they had to buy Beats, they paid the billion dollars that they wanted to do. But see, it wasn't just to get the speakers. It was to get Jim Iveen and to get their relationship with Dr. Dre because they know 
they're going into the music business now to go after Spotify and they have and streaming video and they have the, you know, man, it's the intellectual, you know, property. It's worth a lot of money. Okay. It's like what Steve Jobs had in his brain many years ago. You know, when people don't realize Steve wrote a lot of that stuff down before he died and gave Tim Cook a plan to execute. So, you know, it's just, you can't top that. It's not, it's an intangible that you just know. Yeah, it's very strategic, and they know that it's going to work into their overall plan and their overall system. Um, it, that's sure. it's a it's a fantastic company. Now, so so uh, what about uh, people that say, well, you know, what about the bond market? What about dividends from from unis or from with tax preferences and things like that? We know the interest rates are yeah. low now, or the dividend rates. Yeah, they're but, just they're they're just so low. I mean, a lot of people say, what's going to happen to your dividend stocks when interest rates drop, buddy, or rise, buddy? I said, look. Interest rates in 19, if you would have bought one of my holdings, Philip Morris, which is the, the tobacco company, in 1979, interest rates were really low. In 2000, I mean, in, in, in 1983, interest rates went up from like 4 or 5% to like 15%. The price of the stock went up, though, because the see, stock's prices are driven by earnings. In, in, in the end, it's driven by earnings. Okay, if you can buy a stock with six or seven PE that's growing at 10 and 12 percent a year. Now, the trick is you don't know what earnings are going to be going forward. If you knew that investing would be much easier. But you have, you know, if a company's spending 20 billion dollars on research and development or like I have some companies, I have a stock like IBM where they're buying back their shares drastically. They're not growing their earnings, but they're growing their earnings per share. And that's why Warren Buffett. I didn't buy it at one ninety five like he did, but at one hundred and sixty dollars, it's a great deal, you know. Mhm. Mhm. So you, yeah, I mean, now you. Uh, one of the things I liked about your your profile is it says that you you study you read three hours a day or so. What do you what types of things do you read and what are you looking for? I mean, some days I read six or eight. I mean, I just on an average, I just what I do is is that I first of all, it's like if we're going to coach a basketball team, the first thing you want to do is. You want to get somebody that's tall to be your center. Now, you don't have to know someone's exact height to know they're tall, okay, if somebody's 6'8 or 7'4. So when I look for companies, I look for companies that have a lot of sales, that, that don't have a lot of – like you take a company like Qualcomm, okay. Here's a company. They make the chips that are in the thing. They have almost $20 a share in cash. They have no debt. Okay, now a company that amasses a lot of cash and has no debt, the object of business is to have a bunch of cash. And they, you know, the problem with Qualcomm is they can't put their, they don't have the places to put their money. Okay, they don't, you know. But so there's so what they did this year is they announced a, a 15 billion dollar stock buyback, and they raised their dividend 14 percent. Well, the stock has still gone down because people are worried about what's going to happen in Asia. But just because the Chinese stock market dropped, the Chinese economy is growing at six or seven percent. That's a bad figure. That's if it's going slow not the 8% people think it's going to grow at. And it's, it's really nonsensical when they, you know, I mean, I make money because the stock market's prices become nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of and people I, are, in my opinion is better than theirs. You know, I love when my stocks go down cause I can just lower my basis on them. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, do you tend to, um, uh, buy in inside of tax, uh, preferred structures like IRA accounts or are, are the, sure, the things that you're sure. buying I mean, and holding? You can, you're, 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 yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I, I, 
the sad part about making a lot of money is I don't have an IRA anymore. I used to have an IRA and, um, you know, I, I, I do have a 401k, you know, I have different retirement vehicles, but most of my money is outside of IRAs. And I mean, I pay a lot of tax, but that's what I have to do. You know, that's all part of the game in investing. You know, you want to be right about what you're doing. And, you know, it's, I look for companies for the long term. Over, a, it's like going sitting down in a black. If you only play for a half an hour, maybe you'll make money and maybe you won't. But a company, if you buy the right company at the right price and wait for time to go on, you look at your own self. You have more money now than you had ten years ago. Well, a business is probably if that's done right, it's going to have more sales than it had ten years ago. And that's the advantage. You buy it right in the beginning. See, I look for imaginary fear. If somebody doesn't like a stock, that's when I like it. Then I start looking. Now, sometimes the fear is real and the company's going to go broke. But more often than not, the fear is, you know, is negative. And I, you know, my greatest investment ever was Apple because I realized that six times earnings net of cash, you couldn't buy a neighborhood pub, let alone the, the greatest company in history. Hmm. Good, good. Great. Yeah. Great point. Now, if someone uh, if someone were to to uh, say to you, you know, I, I just I just sold my business. I have $10 million or $5 million, even a million dollars, and I, I need to create some income from this. Um, what tips or, or precautions would you give them? Well, this is the thing. You don't buy a stock just for the dividend. 90% of your money needs to go into conservative stocks. Like I have three, I have a two portfolio. I have a conservative portfolio, and I have an aggressive portfolio. The conservative portfolio is stocks that has been around uh, what I feel have no chances of going under, like Apple can't go bankrupt. I don't own McDonald's right now, but the company can't go bankrupt. Okay, they might their sales might not increase, but they can't go bankrupt. Okay, Qualcomm can't go bankrupt. Coca-Cola can't go bankrupt. Now I don't own all these stocks, but they Microsoft can't go bankrupt. They have eighty billion dollars of cash sitting in the company. You you see, and this is what I was trying to say to people. You. You, the big fish, whether you're in the wilderness or the sea or in the business world, the big fish eat the small fish. And you just have to buy the big fish small fish prices. And that's what I know how to do. Yeah. that's, a, that's And so uh, you're saying have a conservative portfolio and an aggressive portfolio, and, and most of it goes to the conservative portfolio. But sure. uh, when, sure. when you – when for the for the average person, they're going, oh, great um, – what would be the first? What would be the first five stocks that someone that you would say if I was starting over again? These are the first five stocks I would buy. Well, it's all based on price. Like I like for right now, if you were going to buy a port, if you were going to start a portfolio, okay, I would buy Micron, I would buy Qualcomm, I would buy PM, I would buy Michael Kors, and I would buy Transocean Rig. Okay, those top stocks gives you you've got a great retailer with no debt you've got a, you've got an energy stock those stocks are at their 52 week lows you got qualcomm is the number one chip company in the world at that is 52 week low you got micron is it is sold memory it's the number one memory company in the united states it's at its 52 week low and you got pm which is a company that will sell cigarettes the number two cigarette company in the world and it it pays you a nice dividend because the dollar does there's a, a weak dollar. Well, there's a strong dollar, and it's a great hedge. Against the dollar falls, the price of TM will go up. Okay, that's why the stock hasn't gone up as much. But you've got growth 
an income in all five companies, and you you're in you're in a great industry, okay, where you know you got memory, you got chips, you've got, and you could put Apple in there. If you bought Apple, you're not wrong, okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's Apple's not as you don't have the upside that you have with the other companies, but Apple is will still do. You have to stick all the companies. They're not in any danger of going broke. That's the trick. The, the amateur thinks about what he can make. The professional wonders about what he can want, want to make sure that he's not going to lose his money because that's the trick to this. Well, great stuff. I'm talking with Bill Spatrino of uh, The Dividend Machine. He's the editor of that periodical and also the author of The Great American Dividend Machine that's available on Amazon. Bill, how do, how do our listeners find out more about The Dividend Machine and subscribe to if it? If you want if you want to go to the dividend, you know, you can go to dividendmachine.com, okay? You can go to billspetrino.com, and we have a little advertisement on there as well, B-I-L-L-S-P-E-T-R-I-N-O.com. And like I said, it's you're basically hiring me for six cents an hour, okay? If I came to your house and said, Bill, I want to do work for you, I want to work eight hours, and you're going to give me 50 cents, I'm going to give you change back, you'd say, well, you know, where, where do you start? whether it's menial tasks or not. <laughs> this is something really important about your money. And with the beautiful get access to my library for the past six years, and that's something that's substantial. You know, you know they, every, every podcast, you get a weekly, pod, uh, weekly report, you get a weekly podcast, you get a monthly report, and you have access to all six years of them. That's fantastic. That's a, a great, you know, again, listeners, somebody who's, uh, been doing this for quite a while, has built up a reputation, has won uh, accolades from the from it, and has actually put it to use himself. So, Bill, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you, and I'd love to uh, have you on the show again sometime in the future. We can talk more specific about some of these strategies. But great information, and I wish you all the best luck uh, in, in with your uh, periodical. We're going to take a short break. Anytime. We'll be right back. Bill, go ahead. No, thank you very much is all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Well, it was a real pleasure. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 